Welcome to the Sacred Feminine Power Podcast, where we explore the many facets of feminine power and why it is so important for women and for men to step into this power in our world at this time. This is Emmy from Feminine Revered, and my magical guest for today is Sharon Bolt. Sharon is a spiritual midwife, shamanic magician, and tra trainer who runs a fully accredited shamanic training program, Shamanic Energy Training, and the Temple of Shamanic Magic. She helps people rediscover the magic that runs in their blood. Her specialty is teaching the energetics of sacred space and ceremony. Welcome, Sharon. Hello, how are you? Good, thanks, Sharon. How are you? Good, thank you. It's such a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having this conversation with me. Oh, absolutely, Sharon. It is such a blessing to have you with us. And this is indeed the very first interview I'm doing uh, in 2022. So it's a very Yay. special one as well. <laughs> so welcome. <laughs> Now, since my podcast is called Sacred Feminine Power, I always love to start by asking my guests, what does Sacred Feminine Power mean to you personally? Okay, so for me personally, Sacred Feminine Power is our ability to connect to our inherent femininity, but also to the mother of creation, Earth Mother, and our own feminine line, so our feminine ancestors. Because when that line is blocked, we find it very difficult to connect to our own inherent femininity. Hmm. Beautiful. And I have a feeling... Sorry, it's maintaining those lines of connection between Mother Earth, our feminine ancestors, deep into our own womb. So our womb is not only connected to the Earth, but to our benevolent ascended ancestors. It's also connected to the galactic womb. So we are looking at an activation where we are fully in our feminine power, receiving it from the coding of the Earth and the coding of the galactic center, as well as our ancestors. Mm, that is beautiful. I have chills all over when you talk about that. And I would love <laughs> to dive a little bit deeper into all of this in, in just a moment. Uh, but I would love to hear from you if you could share a challenge that you have faced on your path in your life that's really helped you to activate sacred feminine power at a deeper level and understand it in you. Okay, so you know what? I think all women have chosen quite a difficult path incarnating as women because hmm. it has very different challenges to what men experience. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's an overall for women in general. Uh, my friends and I are always joking that like, it takes an advanced soul to choose to be a woman. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? um, now, in terms of my own personal experience, I experienced um, a lot of sexual abuse as a child. Hmm. I've been in, in situations of war. Um, I've been a refugee. And I guess those experiences, um, especially the sexual abuse, um, I had no choice but to go into the womb healing. Hmm. Right? And so I talk about it quite candidly because I think it's important that we, don't we talk about these things Uh, we bring them out of the closet, we release the shame around them so that we can all heal as a collective. When I, you know, speak to the women I work with and we do womb work, until every womb on earth is free, 
we can't have collective freedom for the feminine. And by every womb, I'm talking about the wombs of children, women, uh, sex slaves, um, women who are being trafficked, and also the wombs of female animals. Hmm. Yeah, beautiful. And and what you said there is is just such a prevalent topic, especially at the moment when we are, as as a as humanity globally, starting to really wake up to the reality of what's been happening on our planet, especially in mm-hmm. terms of sexual abuse, not just within the familiar circles by those who are closest to us, but also in a very institutional manner. And there's so many revelations coming through at the moment around what, what you talked about trafficking and all of that at the moment, that it's perhaps in some ways it's being revealed so that the healing that you talk about can happen. How do you feel about that? A hundred percent. In order for us to continue our path, as a human race, we need to understand what's hidden. We need to understand what the collective shadows are. And this is a huge collective shadow. And it's very important for us to be aware of it and to support in any way we can, even if it is by raising awareness. Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. And and how, how do you feel that your experiences of having having experienced sexual abuse and having been a refugee and experienced war. And I would love to hear a little bit more about that as well, if you if you don't mind sharing. How, how have those really shaped your path and how are they supporting you now? Okay, well, if you look at, um, let's go back to soul agreements. And the soul agrees to go through certain experiences to, let's say, go deeper into understanding the human condition and awakening. And so when you look at sexual abuse, um, I feel that sexual abuse creates like a, a break in the person's psyche, mm. right? Um, some like the soul, it creates disassociation and the soul is not fully integrated into the body. And so until that healing can happen, we are not whole. Right. Even if the person can't, I deal with a lot of clients that can't remember the abuse. Yeah. But when they finally remember it, because I can detect it a million miles away, having been through it. When they finally remember it, they're like, Oh, wow. I've never been in my body. Mm-hmm. And one of our biggest powers as a woman is to be in our body. So by the prevalent sexual abuse in the planet and sexploitation, and, you know, some women unfortunately are misguided and do this to themselves, were not truly embodied. So I had to go on an embodiment journey and a soul retrieval journey, which connected me to spirit work and shamanic work. Mm. So my path, I feel, was laid out for me from the very beginning through those experiences. And then with the war, I'm Nicaraguan. So Mm -hmm. when um, there was civil war in my country and as a young child, I was separated from my parents for many months and just had to make do. And then when I was finally reunited with them, we were able to escape and eventually um, migrated to Australia. So that displacement, that ancestral displacement that has been going on in my family for many generations, 
again, forces you to look at your ancestral lineage and find those connections from within so that you can make sense of who you are now. Yeah, absolutely. That resonates so very strongly, Sharon. And uh, thank you for sharing more about your experiences from her from your early childhood. I mean, I can only just start to begin to imagine what it must have been like to be separated from your parents at an early age and to to live in that uncertainty and as as you say, have to make do just to survive. I mean, that that leaves or can potentially leave some very deep wounds within ourselves and our, our, our bodies overall. Absolutely. So then the the healing journey, you know, healer heal thyself. I've been on a massive journey for 25 years of working with those wounds, right, in a very kind and compassionate way. And so this is what I help people do. How can we work with our wounds in a very kind and compassionate way? Because your wounds are actually, at the end of the day, your gold at the same time. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The, the wounds is where the, the light shines in. Absolutely. Well. I once said the, 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 um, the womb is where the light enters as well. I made a play on <laughs> words with that. And so um, by allowing that you know, inner diamond in the rough to come out, it's like the soul receives a, a, a polishing, an even deeper polishing, and it turns us into different people. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah. And not everyone is supposed to be going through things like that in this lifetime. Um, but those of us that chose a different path or an initiatory path, I remember saying to an astrologer, when are these initiations going to end? And she's like, never, not in your chart. <laughs> wow, you're, you're in for a roller coaster ride for, for a while longer. You said, throw it all at me, throw it all at me in this lifetime because I want to do as many things as I can to allow my, you know, immortal spirit to have more experiences. So, and that's okay. You know, I, um, I understand it at a deeper level, but I also know there's, there's a part of me, there's an inner child that needs a lot of attention, needs a lot of healing. And there's wounds that I will probably be tending to at different layers of the onion for my whole life. Mm-hmm, absolutely. At deeper and deeper levels. And what I really loved about what you shared earlier is, is really integrating those lineages and your ancestors to that healing work as well, because it is so very important, um, especially for those of us who have left our homes of origin um, and mm-hmm. live in different parts of the world to, to really do that inner work and connect with our lineages, with our ancestors in those lands that we were born in, because there's so much wisdom and so much magic, I find, when you start to do that work. Absolutely. And when you're disconnected from those lines, you're actually disconnected from parts of yourself. Mm -hmm. Because we carry our ancestors in our blood and our DNA. So when we are disconnected, we're not connected to our own DNA. Mm -hmm. So ancestral work is a way of not only reconnecting to those that came before us, but reconnecting to yourself so that your descendants can have the blessing of reconnection from the time that they come in. Yeah, absolutely. As you were saying that I had this beautiful image of of this energetic umbilical cord just connecting (laughs) us to our ancestors 
and, and going way yes. back to the very beginning of time. Absolutely. Back to the beginning and continuing into the future with, a, with you know, much stronger links now, more intentional links. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And that is such a beautiful way of putting it, because I think especially now in 2022, which is such a powerful year for consciously manifesting the lives we want to lead ourselves and collectively as humanity on our planet. And who knows beyond as well. That is such an important thing to remember. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's become a big part of my work because I've seen what happens when people are disconnected. And I then see what happens when they become reconnected. Mm-hmm. What are some of the things that you notice when people do become reconnected? What, what do you see? What, what do they notice and feel? They feel a deeper sense of belonging. Mm-hmm. They feel that they fit in. Some of the gifts start to awaken and they feel a greater purpose in life. Mm. Yeah. Right. And they feel connected to divinity. They feel connected to something bigger than themselves. So it's kind of like their inner ancestral tree awakens and starts to bear fruit. And this fruit is what's going to plant the seeds for the generations that come after them. Mm-hmm. So it's this reconnection and re-enlightenment of the ancestral tree. Mm, beautiful. And would you feel comfortable sharing about um, your own lineage and the healing work you've done with your ancestors and what that, that has looked like in, in your own life? Absolutely. Um, with ancestry, you get two extremes. You get people who are very pure with one ancestry. Like I've got friends who are, for example, 99.9% British, mm-hmm. right? So it's a very strong line. In my case, I'm what you could call a mongrel. <laughs> when, I, when I had my DNA done, it was from everywhere, mm. literally from everywhere. You know, I had Africa, Europe, South America, Central America, parts of Asia. And I was like, oh, wow. And even though it may seem that there's a lot of lines, the blessing in that is that you actually have access to all of them. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I started doing the reconciliation work and the connection work, connecting to ancestors that could help me in my work, but also offering healing to ancestors that needed healing. And through this process, I then developed a deep relationship with my magical and shamanic ancestors, who are the ones that guide me in my spiritual work, who are the ones that teach me. And who are the ones that share information and practices that feel really in alignment to me. So I'll give you an example. I was running a ceremony in Wales in the UK. And I had uh, an outfit on from another tradition, another ancestral tradition, because that's what I had been trained in. And during the ceremony, all of a sudden, it was as if time stood still. And my own ancestors came in and said, what are you doing? Hmm. This is not your lineage. What are you wearing? And then I really got it. And they're like, take that off. Do things this way. And from then on, my life changed. So, you know, they talk a lot about cultural appropriation at the moment. And a lot of people, what they're doing is they're copying and pasting what other people are doing. If you do the work, you're going to have access 
to how your own lineage did rituals and ceremonies and magic. And so everything that comes from your inner tree of life will be original and aligned to that original source and your blood. It's not going to be a watered down version of what someone else is doing. Yeah, no, that resonates so very strongly as well. I mean, I've, I've been initiated into a South, South African shamanic lineage, which I have incredible, tremendous respect for. And I have learned so much from that journey. And at the same time, coming from Finland, I am feeling such a strong pull to really dig deep and really connect with that side of my ancestry and learn at a really deep level about practices that were performed in, in Finland hundreds of years ago, thousands of years ago, and, and really learning more about that. So what you're saying is, is um, I, I can feel this beautiful opening inside me as I listen to you and that as well. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. And, you, you know, this never ends. This is the path that never ends because these lines are so long and deep and ancient. Yeah. And when it comes to ancestors, obviously there's our blood, DNA, human ancestors, but we also have galactic ancestors, yes. spiritual ancestors, mythical ancestors. And so you then start tapping into all of those as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. Let's talk a little bit about the galactic ancestors. Would you please share a bit more about that? Absolutely. Once you start connecting to your own blood, it becomes easier to know which of the galactic lines you are connected to. And by the way, this is not something you go searching for. I always say to my um, students, don't go searching for this. Let it come to you because everything comes to you in divine timing and when you're ready for it. Mm. So I found through my own practice, I would start to feel things and connect to the galactic lineages, um, for example, Andromedan, in a very different way. Now, I'll just go back a little bit. When I first awakened, in inverted commas, you know, I followed the bandwagon like a lot of people are doing and like it's been done for a long time of connecting to galactic lineages willy-nilly because it was cool at the time and it still is for some groups. However, those connections were not really true or aligned. They were like false spirits or false astral beings pretending to be galactic beings. Hmm. And so it is only through a deep shamanic training and initiation that I've been able, because you've got to have enough power to connect to the authentic galactic lineages from which you come from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I, I suppose that there can also be some dangers involved in that kind of work if you are indeed connecting to to, to false entities or false beings who are leading you a certain way um, that isn't actually your way. Absolutely. There's a lot of danger. But one thing I found is that um, if a person carries very strong magical blood, i.e. grandma or great-grandma or grandfather or grandparent was involved in something esoteric, mm-hmm. but they didn't know and they start this work, and if the grandparents involved were quite integral, when they start negative magical work or spirit work, they tend to get told off very quickly by the spirits. They tend to get pulled into right action very quickly. 
Um, whereas if the person has a very diluted magical lineage, i.e. no one in the family has done anything for many generations, mm-hmm. stuff doesn't happen as intensely for them. So they may think it's safe, nothing's happening. It's actually because nothing is happening. Mm-hmm. Right? It's all in their head half the time. It's not a real spiritual experience because when I, I deal with so many people in mentoring sessions – that may do shamanic work or spirit work for five years, 10 years, and then they have the experience, Emmy, and then they call going, oh, my God, I thought I was in it. No, 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 I was playing. <laughs> and we've all experienced that, right? We think we're in it until we actually experience a true spiritual encounter that is deeply embodied, deeply authentic, and then we're like, whoa, and I feel that this is this needs to be communicated more often. Hmm. Absolutely. So, so the importance of discernment in in everything that we do, isn't it? A hundred percent. It's a muscle that seems to be missing at the moment with a lot of the uh, spiritual industry, and it's hugely important because you know most um, most spiritual trainings are very diluted new age mumbo jumbo but it promises everything Mm. right that's not how spirit works you can't promise anything it's between you and spirit Mm -hmm. right so if you're doing a spiritual training i can't say to my participants this is going to happen blah 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 i've seen amazing transformations i've seen amazing um healings, miracles, but I never claim any of that because that's between them and spirit. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what we've been seeing uh, for the past few decades really is, is really the rise of maybe guru would be a good word to use or, or, or leaders who call themselves spiritual beings who call themselves uh, shamanic leaders or whatever it might be that they call themselves who kind of have that power stuck in their heads and mm-hmm. in, instead of really truly having that connection to spirit and understanding at a deep embodied level they are using their position of power to actually abuse people and we're seeing this again globally coming up more and more yes with more and more accusations of, of sexual abuse again and other kinds of abuse by spiritual leaders that thousands of people have trusted over the years. Absolutely. And I myself experienced abuse by a spiritual leader when I was in my early 30s. Hmm. But at the time, you know, I thought it was my fault. Right. Right? Um, and you don't understand that predatory behavior. So... When women say to me, you know, I want to go do some tantra training with this man, I'm like, you know what? How about healing your own inner child first? How about healing some of your wounds? So that when you go to these trainings, whether it be tantra or shamanic training, you're not a lamb to the slaughter. Because mm. I tell you what, I was a lamb to the slaughter. Because you have no idea. So I always say to anyone that comes to me, you have to have ongoing therapy and look at your own wounding if you're going to follow these paths. Because as you look at your own wounding, 
and your own embodiment practices, then you can recognize red flags. Mm-hmm. Right? Then you can recognize predatory behavior. But most people can't even recognize that because if someone says, I'm spiritual, they just believe it straight away. It's a very naive industry. Mm. It is in many ways, especially with the new, so-called New Age movement. It, it has become very naive. You're right. Yes. And it needs to grow up. It's still very much in its infancy stages. And considering yeah. how long we've been going, you'd think it would be like at a teenage level by now. But no, because what happens is I find that people who get into the New Age, if it disappoints, and this is becoming quite prevalent right now, if it disappoints them, then they either go back to Christianity or leave altogether. Mm-hmm. And so just as you know, you have a generation that kind of wakes up, then you have the new generation they take advantage of. So it keeps perpetuating itself. Mm-hmm. Indeed, yeah. And, and really what we should be doing, as you said earlier, is, is to go deeper and deeper within, look into our own shadows and, and heal yes. those wounds that have been kind of kept us stuck in those patterns that we keep perpetuating in our own lives. And I know Absolutely. it can be super difficult to, to learn how to connect with that inner wisdom, uh, with that womb wisdom. Um, and and it's, it's so much easier to, to follow somebody else and listen to their teachings and take them as your own. What kind of advice would you have for, for people who perhaps are just waking up and are looking to feel a very, very strong pull for the spiritual path. What would be for your, your, your advice for them in terms of the first steps? Okay, I wish this is the advice I would give myself at the beginning of my journey. Mm-hmm. Go to therapy. Find out your attachment style. Work on your trauma. And because when you work on your trauma when you work on your wounds, when you work on your attachment style, you're not choosing the new age out of wounding. You're not choosing the new age or spirituality because something's missing or because you want a family or for some people now that it's more prevalent with a new generation or because you want fame on Instagram, right? Mm. You're choosing spirituality because you genuinely want to heal. But combined with that, the therapy is non-negotiable in my experience so that the person is supported through their spiritual awakening. Because a lot of the people running spiritual workshops don't know enough about therapy to Mm. help these people to the depth that they need to be helped. Very true. Right. And so you have to, we actually tell our participants, you have to go to therapy as well. Mm. So we're very clear that this is not all fairy, you know, fairy lights and rainbows and unicorns. We're very clear that when you start on the spiritual path, you are gonna you're gonna initially have a big high, a huge high. But in the path, as you know, there's many dark nights of the soul. There's many initiations. You may lose all your friends. You may mm-hmm. lose your family. As you expand in frequency and consciousness, you may even lose your job or even your partner. Mm-hmm. And when people start losing things that were anchors for them in the previous environment, this is when they start getting into trouble because they start looking for family, partners, and things in all the wrong places. Yeah, and the fear steps in, isn't it? 
Yep, the fear steps in and it just becomes very messy. Mm. And so it's important. You know, a lot of teachers will say, just leave your job and trust and jump. I actually say, no, have a steady income. Be able to afford your therapy. Do all the regular things, exercise, good diet, all the grounding things, and then start incorporating spirituality slowly. So mm. it becomes a habit. So it grows in increments that are not going to blow out your nervous system. And so that you open from the bottom up versus from the top down. Mm. That's beautiful. And, and really a way to integrate the, the mundane, so-called mundane, with the most sacred, with the understanding that the, the sacred is in the mundane as well. And that's where we need to really ground ourselves, isn't it? Into those routines and looking after ourselves, looking after our bodies more than ever before. The magic is in the mundane. And until someone can appreciate the magic in the mundane, you're not going to fully appreciate the spiritual magic. Mm. Yeah. Goosebumps again. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Now, now, Sharon, in, in the beginning when we started talking, you, you mentioned um, about the importance of healing the, the wombs of female animals as well. And I would love to, before we wrap up, just hear a little bit more about that as well. Why is it so important for us to focus on the animal kingdom as well, and especially on the feminine uh, or female animals and their wombs? Okay, because the, all the kingdoms of this amazing planet we live in, the animal, the crystal, everything is interconnected into our own ascension path. Hmm. So when you look at, for example, cattle who are treated terribly for milk and cheese by the dairy industry, mm -hmm. that suffering that they carry in their wombs energetically impacts us. Yeah. Right? And so... If the animals are in slavery, if you look at cattle, they're like that um, TV show, The Handmaid's Tale, right? If the animals are in slavery, we are also in slavery. Hmm. Because everyone needs to be free on this planet before we can all experience true freedom. Because we're here as a collective. We chose to have a collective journey with everyone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is so right. And, and that is exactly why we are still very much in infancy as a collective in terms of our spiritual paths, because what you just said there is, is not understood by a lot of people. And there are so many people who are not even willing to go there because for them, cows are just simply not at the same level as, as us. And again, that could be argued, right? And you can say, actually, but they're a sentient being and all sentient beings on earth deserve to be free. Indeed. So Indeed. it's not that, you know, you, you should be vegan. I'm not vegan or you shouldn't have dairy. It's that changing production values so that the cows can be with their calves and they can have a happier life instead of just being used. And so when you look at how um, 
cattle are being used. You know, there's some countries in the world where women are still being used in very much the same way. Absolutely. Right? The same parallel. Marry a young girl. She's got to have X amount of children. She has no choice. Look at all the child brides we have on the planet. Mm -hmm. Right? These kids have no choice and they have to start produce breeding straight away. Yeah, often as young as 10, 11 year olds. Absolutely. Exactly. And so when you look at how tragic that is, because it's happening across the different kingdoms. And so until we respect the animal kingdom, we're not going to have the consciousness to also respect ourselves. Mm, very true. It's like a yeah. domino effect of conscious, consciousness awakening. Mm -hmm. Yes. Right? Yeah. And how do we go about healing the wombs of, of female animals? How, how do we do that kind of work? Well, we, you know, everything starts with ourselves. Mm -hmm. The more we work on our own womb and have boundaries with our womb and understand how our womb works, that spreads, that energy spreads across the planet. Right. So if you're looking at something like um, Hawking's scale of consciousness, I can't remember the exact figure, but if you have someone who is at a certain level of consciousness, they impact thousands of people. Mm -hmm. So the more that women work with their wombs in a sacred and holy way, that has to spread. Mm. Right. All change starts from within. We actually can't worry until we have more power that we can um, assist financially or energetically about other things until we have our inner house in order. Mm -hmm. Once our inner house is in order, then we are at a, a greater capacity to support other women, children, animals, etc. Mm, that's beautiful. And in many ways, what an what a beautiful opening. <laughs> All we have to do is focus on ourselves and start healing ourselves to have an impact on the collective. And at the absolutely. same time, how difficult and challenging that can be as well. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> we always want to focus on someone else or something else and, you know, blame someone else. If, and you, you know how the collective is going by just the amount of blame that gets out there, right? Mm -hmm. How many people go, actually, I take full responsibility for what just happened. Mm -hmm. Not many. Very and that's true. the solar plexus power, taking full responsibility for everything in your life, your own health journey, physical journey, and spiritual journey. When people take responsibility, they come into a new level of power. When a woman decides, you know what, my womb is my temple, and I am going to guard it like a temple and care for it like a temple and work with it like a temple, this is when the magic starts to happen. Yeah. I could not agree with you more. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. And the other thing I'm really passionate about, I'll just throw this in, when women do this, um, this is when we see the change in the new babies being birthed because they're being birthed from wombs that are actually energetically cleaner. So mm. these babies are going to have easier access to their ancestral lines, but also they won't be carrying as much baggage. And so I'm very passionate about this, and I do a lot of programs on this, you know, how to prepare your womb for birthing so that your children are not carrying as much baggage. Mm, that is so beautiful and such important work.
Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Now, Sharon, you have given us a lot of information here. You've shared a lot of wisdom uh, with us already and given us so much medicine. If, if our listeners wanted to contact you, how would they do that? Hi. Well, my Instagram is called Shamanic Energy Training. And my website is called thetempleofshamanicmagic.com. And that's magic with a K. Beautiful. Thank you. And I understand that you've also got a gift for our listeners. Well, yes. If you go to thetempleofshamanicmagic.com, um, twice a year I offer a free, I call it the, um, the Grove Gathering, so a free group session. And anything may happen in that group session. I just tune into the energy and we go through the energies of the day, answer questions, maybe do some meditations. And I have special guests. So these are live. They're on Zoom. They're on video and they're absolutely free to anyone that subscribes. That sounds beautiful. Thank you. I'll include the um, link to your website in the intro text for this podcast as well. Thank you so much, Emmy, and thank you so much for the work that you're doing with your podcast, interviewing all these amazing women, sharing your wisdom, sharing their wisdom, and just helping to raise the collective vibration uh, for women and for the sacred on the planet. Hmm. Thank you, Sharon. Appreciate that. And um, also just to mention that we do also interview men here and include them very much in this awakening process uh, amazing <laughs> yeah and and of at the moment of course most of our listeners are still women but i'm really hoping that this will expand and we'll have more and more women uh sorry more and more men as well listening in and hopefully raising their vibration in the process too absolutely men we need you and thank you so much to the men that are already here Absolutely. Thank you, Sharon, for all the wisdom that you've shared. I've really enjoyed chatting with you and I have um, look forward to connecting with you again in the future. Thank you. All right. Bye. Thanks, Sharon. Bye. Now, everybody, let's just for a moment focus our awareness and our intention on this beautiful, powerful energy that's been activated during this interview. And imagine sending this energy to everybody everywhere on our planet to remember that we truly are all one and that the more of us have the courage to do our inner work to go into the shadows and heal at a deep deep cellular level the more quickly our planet will also ascend and the more quickly we'll experience healing on a collective level thank you so much for being here